morning, good morning. Welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. I'm wearing a kilt. That's crazy, right? I got a couple of announcements for us. One of them is next week is, uh, actually this week, this week is Stewardship Sunday. I'll start here. We're going to do offering a little different. We're not going to pass the offering baskets during offering time. It's also steward, Stewardship Sunday time. So you can bring up your offering or your stewardship pledge or just put a piece of paper in there, you know, if you, if, if you feel so led. But it's uh, Stewardship Sunday. And I, I've been reflecting upon how God has used stewardship in my life in our lives, my wife and I, in our family's life. And I would encourage you to see this as a relationship strengthener. It's not even about how much you pledge to give. It's not about how much money this place uses to further the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's actually about your relationship with the God who provides abundantly and takes care of his children. And so um, as we pledge this morning, I pray that you would grow in your, in your relationship individually and as families and as a church with God. Um, next week, we're going to have a new membership class a brief informational meeting. There's a sign-up sheet on the back table if you're interested in becoming a, a new member. Um, anything else? Any other announcements? We're coming up next week is also Remembering the Saints Sunday um, and a potluck. It's, it's the first Sunday of the month, so we get the potluck. We get to bring the food, and that's a really fun time, right? Does anybody else feel like you've been running? I have feel like I, we just came from, I'm just, I don't know, I'm, boom, throw a kilt on and boom, put this guy in front of you. Uh, let's just calm ourselves for a second and then um, let's strain and greet each other in the name of the Lord. Good morning, good morning still. Come on, come on back. I guess we're, our game plan has changed. There's supposed to be a bagpiper standing right here, but I, uh, I don't know. Our game plan must have changed. Is it? One minute? Okay. This is my gathering prayer. Jesus, oh Jesus, we praise you. We thank you for taking care of us. We stand on the shoulders of giants as we celebrate this Reformation Sunday at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. Amen. And as our bagpiper comes in, I would like to welcome his mother, Joan Nelson. So glad you could make it. And then Elaine Ellsworth, his sister. MJ, my life is better now that I know you. That's wonderful. Hit it.
Please join me as I lead us in our responsive call to worship. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And blessed be the Lord's kingdom, now and forever. There is one body and one spirit. There is one hope in God's call to us. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all. Blessed be God who sustains and protects God's holy church. And blessed be God who guides and confirms us in our faith. Please join me in singing, A Mighty Fortress is Our God.
and send the, the students and young ones up for the moment with children. Do you need a microphone, Mike? No, I probably don't. I project.
Amen to that. <laughs> All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Yet, we are justified by the gift of God's grace through the redemption that is ours in Christ Jesus. Trusting in God's mercy, let us in unison confess our sin. Merciful God, you have made us in your image with a mind to know you, a heart to love you, and a will to serve you. But our knowledge is imperfect, our love inconstant, our obedience incomplete. Day by day, we fail to grow into your likeness, yet you are slow to be angry with your children. For the sake of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior, do not hold our sins against us, but in your tender love, forgive. Amen. Martin Luther said, We believe that the very beginning and end of salvation and the sum of Christianity consists of faith in Christ, who by his blood alone and not by any works of ours has put away sin and destroyed the power of death. Therefore, I can declare to you that in Jesus Christ you are forgiven. And now I would invite you to stand as we repeat a small portion of the Scots Confession of our faith. We confess and acknowledge one God alone, to whom alone we must cleave, whom alone we must serve, whom only we must worship, and whom alone we put our trust who is eternal, infinite, immeasurable, incomprehensible, omnipotent, invisible, one in substance, and yet distinct in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, by whom we confess and believe all things in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, to have been created to be retained in their being, and to be ruled and guided by his inscrutable providence for such end as his eternal wisdom, goodness, and justice have appointed, and to the manifestation of his own glory. join our voices. We had a little time together as a band this morning to focus our hearts and minds. Um, God is with us, and God is with us here. No matter where we go, God is with us. But 
it's really important that we learn to draw our attention away from the, the carnal world that's around us and the worries and the concerns of our hearts and to focus on what God is doing now in and around us. And so that's the point of why we worship together, to prepare our hearts for, yes, the message that is to come, but as, more importantly, an exercise to switch our analytical minds off and to become aware of God in and around us. And so let's do that for the next 12 to 13 minutes or so as we continue to move through this time of worship. Oh, you 
teach you a new song here. And it goes like this. Shines like the 
Wow, thank you. I needed that. That's wonderful. Reformation Sunday. I get to wear a skirt, and I get, to, I get this fanny pack thing. This thing's ridiculous. Have you seen this? That's kind of cool. My wife is anti-fanny pack. Is everybody awake? Okay, good. I was just, I was just checking. Um, Reformation Sunday. Mark, thank you very much. That's a big piece of it was that the Bible was put back into the hands of the people at the Reformation. And the, the, the church, the, the Roman Catholic Church, had become more Roman than Catholic. And universal, Catholic just means universal. And so it had been entrenched with a lot of dogma and a lot of, I think, just confusion. And so then in 1517, October 31st, Martin Luther nailed the 95 theses to the Wittenberg door, and the Reformation began. In 1513, a guy named John Knox was born, and he's the guy that ended up starting the Presbyterian denomination and the, and the Presbyterian church in Scotland, but he was only four years old when the Wittenberg door thing happened. So Martin Luther... Nails the 95 Theses. The 95 Theses were just 95 truths that he saw because he was a Catholic. He was a Catholic priest. And he saw 95 problems with the, the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church. He did not want to start other denominations. He wanted to reform. He wanted to change the Catholic Church. He wanted to make the theology of the, Catholic, the Roman Catholic Church correct. And so he wanted to correct the path. I've heard it described this way. Oh, actually, I'll, I'll tell that story in a second. So John Knox born a little later, right after the Wittenberg door deal. John Knox growing up, he goes to Geneva and runs into a guy named John Calvin. And John Calvin, he's, he's the, the father theologically of the Reformed denomination like the Reformed Church. And the difference between Martin Luther and John Calvin can be summed up in a, like a little parable. Let's, let's say the church is a drawer, like a top drawer of a desk. Martin Luther opens that drawer and pulls out the things that he thinks are wrong with the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church. John Calvin pulls out the drawer dumps it out, puts it back in the desk, and then puts back what he thinks is biblically sound theology. And that's the beginning of the Reformed Church. So, and then John Knox goes back, because he met, uh, Knox, he met uh, Calvin in Geneva, 1554 to 1556, and then 1560, the Scottish church breaks from Rome. I'm not a car guy, but when a car dies, I'm told that you look for two things. You look for spark, and you look for gas. Am I right? Correct me if I'm wrong, car, car people. There's a bunch of guys going, yeah. You guys can cool. Come check out my toolbox later. You know, 
at the Reformation, the gas was the Holy Spirit. The fuel was the flame of the power of God. The spark came through one passage. This Catholic priest, this Roman Catholic priest, Martin Luther, was studying the Word of God, and he came across Romans chapter 1, verse 17. Have you seen the movie Inception? Anybody seen that movie Inception? It has this idea that if you go back, if you mess with people's dreams and you change one idea, it'll change the whole their whole reality. I believe that God, through Martin Luther and through the Reformation, sparked through this passage with fuel from the Holy Spirit and the spark from this word of God caught fire and led the church in a in, in new direction. Let's open our Bibles up to Romans chapter 1, verse 17. And this is that verse. And actually, I'll read 16 too, because that just describes the fuel, okay? For I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed through faith for faith. As it is written, the one who is righteous will live by faith. This is the word of the Lord. Notice that in verse 16, it's the contagious energy of the good news that is the power. The contagious energy of God moving. And notice also at the end of verse 16 that it's rooted in the Hebrew nation. It's rooted in the Hebrew people, but now available to all. That's us. So we should all say, yippee! Ready? One, two, three. Yippee! That's pretty good, actually. (laughs) I threw you a curveball. You guys handled it. That was nailed it. Righteousness of God. There's the righteousness of God. Here's a question. If God made the world and still rules it, why do bad things happen? Is God going to do anything about it? The biblical answer is yes, of course God will do what is required to put it right. That's what the righteousness of God is about. God is is setting things right. And the way that we get to this God that is going to set things right is not the way that we intrinsically we, we keep falling back into this rut. People in Rome were missing it. When Paul wrote this letter, and people were 
missing it when Martin Luther nailed the 95 theses to the door. And I still think people are missing it today. It's the reason why when people ask, what do Christians believe? They usually say something like, they don't like gay people and they follow rules and it's all about doing right and not doing what's wrong. And I think this is convicting as it is today, as it was when Martin Luther first discovered it, and it, when Paul first revealed it, and Jesus changed the whole game. And he revealed a new righteousness for God. Like We keep thinking of the righteousness of God, and we think of doing the right things, and being in the right place at the right time. And they're all good things, but they're not going to get it done. They're not going to do it. It's not going to make it. Um, I don't know how else. There's a story. There's millions of stories that, I, that you just... When I was growing up in Massachusetts, um, there was this kid. He was wicked good at dirt biking. His name was Pino. And uh, he had a CR120, which is, you know, do you know anybody who knows dirt bikes, CR means it was a two-stroke. XR means it's a four-stroke. Two-stroke means it has a power band, which means that uh, you, hit, you, hit, you put the gas, and at a certain point, it floods the engine with a bunch of gas, and white smoke comes out, and it's, it's like supercharged. You're just like, wee! It goes, wee! wee and and you're like, it goes like that. We lived in Millis, Massachusetts, and at Mil- in Millis, Massachusetts, the Charles River was from right here to where maybe Mike Chase is. Raise, raise your hand, Mike Chase. Okay, that's Mike Chase. That's how wide the Charles River is in Millis, Massachusetts. And Pino was going to take his dirt bike and jump across the Charles River. And so everybody's like, yes, yes. Funny story, just intermittent. Every once in a while, I just like to throw in a funny story. One time, I was giving this story, and I was giving it in a, in a sanctuary with a, a, a bunch of older, wiser folks, and somebody was sleeping. And, uh, and I said, Charles River was from me to that sleeping guy right there. <laughs> so don't fall asleep. That's, a, that's a, my application right there. So anyway, I said, so Charles River's from me to Mike Chase. Thanks for being awake, Mike. Anywho, Pino comes around, he's ripping, he hits the two-stroke, his, his, his wheels just skipping off the ground. We're all like, yeah, 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 he built this jump out of wood, he's, I don't know how he's going to land, but he's like, yeah, 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 boom, he gets to about to where Mark is, and it hits him. You cannot jump the Charles River in a CR-120. <laughs> it just can't be done. You can't get to the righteousness of God by going to church. You can't get to the righteousness of God by trying harder. You can't get to the righteousness of God by trying something differently or doing something new. The only way that you're going to get to the righteousness of God is God's going to give you faith. It's all in God's hands. He's going to give you faith 
so that you could have faith. Did you catch that? So that we'll have faith in faith. How many faiths do we need? Have you looked in the mirror lately? I need a lot of faiths. They should throw in three or four more. I should have faith that I should have faith that I should have faith's faith. You know what I mean? Martin Luther, a light bulb went off. A spark went off. And he said, we're missing it. Men and women of Christ, we're missing it. And if he were here today, I'm sure he would say the same exact thing. We're missing it. We keep receiving this free gift, and then we step into our own category, and we say, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. The righteousness of God does not come with doing the correct things and not doing the incorrect things. It comes with a heart transplant and a total replacement of one's selfish desire as being replaced with the love of God. In a word, it comes through faith, a reliance on God, a belief that God has, that God, what God has said about God's self is true. More true than the world we see. More true than the world we live in. Salvation, justification, sanctification, all begin and find their completion in faith. And we receive by faith, we receive faith by faith. That's why when Sharon read that that, that quote right before we, we, we... we, we confessed our sins. That's at the heart of sola fide. Have you ever heard that? That's the Latin, by faith alone, sola fide. We, we, we need to ingrain it. We need to somehow tattoo it on our souls. Write it on every surface that you have. Write it on anything that you, you see a lot of. Remember, the moment you think that you are earning or working your way for God's pleasure, you are on the wrong course. And we've gone on the wrong course way too often. And we keep going off course. This Reformation Sunday... God's word is calling us back to drop it. Drop the act. I can't, I can't count, the, I think I've mentioned this before, I can't count on my hands and fingers or whatever, I can't count the many times that I've been in front of a, a believer and as their pastor they're saying, I just can't do this anymore. I just can't do this anymore. It's too much. And Martin Luther and the Word of God is all, and I'm saying this morning, and Paul, to his letter to the Romans, is saying, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. Be. Receive the love of the Father. 
as displayed in Jesus the Christ, pouring his lifeblood out on a cross for you and I. Receive in faith that this is the plan. Eugene Peterson, he, he, he died last year, 2018. He's a major hero of mine, major mentor, all that. Like, I, I love everything he's done. He, 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 he's the guy who translated uh, the Bible into the message. Have you ever read the message? Eugene Peterson, he was just this really smart dude that really knew language. And so he knew Hebrew and, and English. And much like Mark was talking about, he wanted to make it so people would understand God's word better. And actually, it first started as he was just a linguistic stud, and he would stand up and he would translate the verse that he was preaching on into contemporary language, and then he would preach on it. And then people were like, your translation's ridiculous. That's cool. You should publish that. And so then they did, and that's the message. And he's written all this other stuff. He passed away last year, and it was actually, it's so sad, because did you know that Mother Teresa died on the same day as Princess Diane? Dwarfed. Isn't that crazy? C.S. Lewis died on the same day as, uh, as JFK. It's always it's weird how the, the, the giants, the spiritual giants, get dwarfed. Uh, I forget who died on Eugene Peterson's like death day, but it was somebody, I don't know. Anyway, that's just a, that's another rabbit trail. That you welcome to the mind of an ADD guy, right? <laughs> we'll work back to our story. Okay, Eugene Peterson, in November third of two thousand eighteen. That's coming up in a couple weeks, or next week. Eugene Peterson's son Leaf gave as part of his eulogy one of the best things I've ever heard. He's standing at the podium and he says, "I I I was in my." Because my dad was a pastor my whole life. That's what Leaf's saying. He says, my dad was a pastor my whole life. And in my 20s, I confronted him. And I said, you really give the same message over and over, don't you? <laughs> it's just in different words. And my dad said, what do you think that message is? And he says, your message is, God loves you. Oh, actually, he starts with, God made you. He loves you. He's coming after you, and he's relentless. And Eugene said, how'd you figure it out, Leif? He said, it's easy. It's the same thing you said to us every night as you tucked us into bed. That's the message of Reformation Sunday. That's the message of the church. If you've heard anything different, it's wrong. I think every once in a while we just need the corrective. We need to go back to basics 101. If you haven't heard in a long time, God loves you. He doesn't just like you. He adores you. You're written on his hand. Your name is written on his hand. That's what it says in Isaiah. It actually says it's tattooed on his hand. He thinks about you. He's numbered the hairs on your head. Like a, like a father stares at a newborn's baby's face 
He looks at you. He studies you. He wants to be with you. He loves you. He made you. And God doesn't make mistakes. He's coming after you. Thank God, right? How many times have I run from God? I can't even count. But praise God, he's relentless. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for making us. Thank you for sending your one and only son to die for each and every one of us. Thank you for not giving up on us. I pray that you would strengthen our faith. We believe, help our unbelief. And all God's people said. Now, this is Stewardship Sunday. And I also wanted to make a special note that you may have noticed that on your pledge cards, there is no, the CIC, the uh, Capital Improvement Campaign. We've, we voted as a leadership team of the church. That campaign is officially over. We're not pledging to make more funding, like bring in funding for more funding into the capital campaign. But you can still donate to the CIC fund until it's reached its goal of $300,000. Is that as clear as mud? <laughs> what I'm saying is there's, there, we have a goal of, we, had a, we said it, I think it was four or five years ago, we, we started a capital campaign capital improvement campaign, and we had the goal of $300,000, and we're about $40,000 short of that. But there comes a time in each campaign that it has to be called an end, otherwise it just runs out of steam. So we're calling an, a, a quit to that, but we will still receive funds. So there's still envelopes around if you want to give money to the capital improvement campaign until we reach the goal of $300,000, you may do so. Yes, Jane. They have Okay, they have cards out there on the table. If you just want to donate to the uh, pledge to the to the capital improvement campaign, is everybody kind of confused? Perfect. Okay, and then I'm going to invite my ushers forward. And what this is going to be is, if you brought your offering this morning, you're going to walk it up and put it in one of these baskets that these young gentlemen with kilts wearing people will be receiving the tithes and offerings and they will also be receiving your pledge cards um, and as we do so in comes the bagpiper of course because it's reformation sunday still and we're gonna he'll play through one refrain or maybe two depending on how long it takes uh, for everybody to circle through and then we'll join him eventually in singing the first verse of Amazing Grace. And the fifth. Oh, yeah, we're singing two. Boom. By the way, MJ is the coolest guy I've met in maybe 20, 30 years. I don't know. That guy is ridiculously cool. Anyway, the tithes, offerings, and pledges are... You're amazing, man. All right. The tithes, offerings, and 
and pledges are now received. doxology and we get to sing more with bagpipes. Who likes this stuff? <laughs> Amen. Ready? Hey. once said, grant that I may not pray alone with the mouth, help that I may pray from the depth of my heart. And with that thought in mind, we go into our time of prayer. Holy Father, as we celebrate Reformation Sunday with believers around the world, help us draw our focus to you and your grace-filled presence in our lives. Remind us this day of the courage you gave to Martin Luther when he could no longer remain silent and he nailed his 95 theses to the church door. 
As we recall the Reformation in our history, we give thanks for all who went before us and remember those who were persecuted for their faith. We pray that churches of all traditions may discover their unity in Christ and exercise their gifts in service to all. Strengthen this congregation in its work and worship. And so we pray for a world that is in desperate need of you, Christ have mercy. For believers in every country that need a fresh touch from you, Christ have mercy. For our country that aches under the weight of political, racial, and economic discord, Christ have mercy. For our cities and neighborhoods filled with quiet desperation, Christ have mercy. For our church, community, and families facing daily challenges. And we give thanks to you today for the way God has been working in the life of Joey Blackwell. Christ have mercy. This morning we offer our prayers for all in the path of the many fires, both locally and in Northern California. Be with those who are evacuated, those who find their homes and livelihood reduced to ashes, those who have lost loved ones. Put your protecting hand around all in danger. Protect the firefighters and other first responders as they fight desperately to save homes and lives and land. We pray for weather conditions to change and decrease the risks. We pray for our government. Direct those who govern that they may rule fairly, maintain order, uphold those in need, and defend oppressed people that this world may claim your rule and know your peace. We pray for our world. Lead all nations in the way of justice and goodwill. Loving God, we never know when we might be entertaining angels unaware. We pray for our communities and for all who live here, that we may be a community of hospitality, welcoming the stranger and sheltering the refugee. God of compassion in Jesus Christ, you cared for all who needed help. Hear our prayers today for those awaiting diagnoses of their illnesses, those who watch by the bed of the dying, those who are recovering from or preparing for surgery, and those who are feeling the effects of aging with bodies that no longer work as they once did. Remind us of the commitment of the disciples as they took Jesus' message far and wide, many of them paying with their very lives. And we reunite, we unite together with believers everywhere as we pray the prayer Jesus taught his disciples, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power 
and the glory forever. Amen. And now would you please stand for our concluding hymn, which carries the message that Martin Luther brought. on vacation, and this beautiful young lady, well, remind me your name again? Drenda. Drenda. She was, she's lived in Catalina. My wife was born in Catalina. We got a lot of catch up and up. Round of applause for <laughs> Thank you so much for being amazing. What's this going? What's this?
But then, I'll do mine too. Boom, double benediction. That was beautiful though. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be saved. So, amen.